0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God for our meditation this morning is our second lesson, Ephesians 1, 3-19. It's printed in your bulletins and already read. Dear friends in Christ, So, how many jokes or how many lame attempts at jokes have you heard or made already? About the end of twenty nineteen and the start of this new year meaning that everyone is going to have twenty twenty vision. Okay, maybe it's the first time for some of you, it surprises me. Um, for some of us, the joke is definitely hard to resist. On the other hand, it sure would be nice if it were true, wouldn't it? No more myopia, presbyopia or astigmatism. Just perfect vision for everybody. Opticians and optometrists would take the year off, and people like me would take our glasses off. But of course, the change in how we count the years, how we count the passage of time, doesn't actually change reality in any way. And even a January 1st declaration that this year is going to be my Best year ever. Well, that reflects only one's own confidence or, or resolution, not any real knowledge about what is to come. But one thing that Epiphany impresses upon us is that we, if we flip things around a bit, we find something wonderful is actually true. Better vision. Makes for a better year, and, and even more, a better reality. Of course, we're not talking about vision in, in the sense of what you see with with your your physical eyes. We're talking about what you see with what Paul in our text calls the eyes of your heart. And no matter what prescription lenses that you might ha- have to use for your physical eyes, what the what spirit given faith provides is perfect vision, not needing any correction. We see exactly what we need to see. And and when we do, it, it not only changes the way we see everything else, it changes our lives in amazing and important ways. And it all begins and ends with seeing Jesus. So it's no surprise that Paul begins his letter to the Ephesians as he does here, praising Christ, pointing to Christ, and praying that his readers would see Christ better. But it is far too easy and far too common to read these verses and say something like, well, it's great that he's so excited about those things, and but he is an apostle after all. It's impressive that he manages to to fit so many different references to so many different doctrines and deep truths into so few verses, but But that's just theology. It doesn't really make much of a difference not Not for a Christian like me anyway. I've got the basics down, and there's no reason really to to reach or to look for anything more. You will not be surprised, perhaps, to learn that Paul would disagree with such thoughts. What he has and sees, he wants all believers to have and to see. The Holy Spirit, who inspired him to write Ephesians, wants us to have the same kind of perfect vision. Vision that sees Jesus and changes the way we see everything else in our lives. So let's take a closer look here and see. See how seeing Jesus lets you see through, past, and and far beyond your troubles. Helps you to see God's solutions, to see glory and find hope. Not just for today or for a new year, but for every day of your life. Helps you to see how our God and Father has indeed blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Now one of the first thoughts that Paul incorporates here has to deal with wantedness and inclusion. Do you remember from the animated story, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, The Island of Misfit Toys? A misfit is literally someone who does not fit This is usually more a matter of of what is felt than something that is objective or measurable. But, But most of us have felt out of place at some point, like we don't fit. Maybe you feel it a lot. Maybe you feel it all the time. Like there is nowhere that you can really call home. Or no place where people like you are, are not only allowed, but, but welcomed. And people are happy to see you. A, a place where you can just be who you really are. To you, and to any other Christian who might feel w- unwanted or unwelcome, Paul offers this important truth. God chose you in Christ. God chose you to be not just another randomly accumulated soul, but to be his own dear child. When you see Jesus with the eyes of faith, you see the evidence that you are wanted, that you belong, and that you are God's chosen child. Jesus lived, died, and rose for your salvation. And that you believe in Him shows that God chose you to have that faith and be saved. Or perhaps your struggle is more with a sense of unworthiness. You look at all that God has done for you and how poorly you have treated Him and His gifts, and you just despair. You hear what the Bible says about grace, but you have trouble believing it's really for you. Well, you, the apostle, wants to remind that it was never up to you to make yourself worthy of God's favor. See Jesus and remember that at the cross, his perfect righteousness is transferred to you so that His absolute worthiness becomes your own personal worthiness. And this was all God's choice and doing. Before the foundation of the world, He determined that you, yes, you, would be holy and blameless in His sight. Okay, how about if you're a Christian who feels unloved. We're not going to dive deep into the doctrine of predestination today, but here Paul points out that it is in love that God elected to have you adopted into His family as His child through Jesus Christ. The Lord did not just do you some kind of favor. He loved you enough to choose you before the world began. And he still loves you. And if you are having trouble grasping any or all of this, again, just see Jesus. He is the embodiment of this love and of God's glorious grace. For everyone who ever wanted to see some kind of proof that God is love, or that God cares. Jesus is that proof. He left His throne and glory in heaven behind in order to become a man like us, in order to save us. He came into this world in the humblest of circumstances and lived a humble life, lived a hard life, and suffered the cruelest death not because he had to, but because it was in his heart, as it was in his Father's heart, to rescue lost sinners from the eternal consequences of their sin and rebellion. Greater love has no man than this. Jesus laid down his life for you and me. So if you ever find yourself feeling trapped held captive or even enslaved to a bad habit, to an addiction or to some other evil that oppresses you, see Jesus and remember that in Him we also have redemption through His blood. Redemption. That means Jesus paid the price that set us free from everything that bound us. Every sin we have committed, Christ paid for and washed away. But it's not just that through him our debt is canceled. In Jesus, the poor are given outrageous wealth. Not dollars or gold or jewels or real estate, but given the riches of God's grace which He lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. That ain't chicken feed. God's grace gives without condition or limit, and since it comes from the Almighty and Infinite Lord of the universe, the grace that He gives you in Christ will cause you to abound in every spiritual blessing, which includes knowledge and understanding, It doesn't matter how much natural intelligence or what kind of education you have or don't have. Maybe you at times feel dumb. Maybe you've been called ignorant. Perhaps you have a sense that you're missing something or that you've been so left out of the loop or that you're not in the know about important stuff. Doesn't matter. See Jesus and know that you have something far beyond mere human knowledge or wisdom. God has made known to you the mystery of His will. He has made it so that you know and trust and hold on to and understand and even can share with other people this great mystery of our salvation. Think about that. We just got done with all the world around us celebrating Christmas, but you, you understand it. You understand that when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, Jesus. All of God's good purpose for mankind, His plan to save sinners, all of that came to fruition that night there in Bethlehem. And all of it then became made known to the world, to the Gentiles at large, first when the Magi came and visited that baby boy there in Bethlehem. You have been given the privilege of knowing this, this knowledge, this wisdom, this understanding. God has given it to you. It's a big deal, but maybe sometimes you still feel like a small deal. Maybe people look down on you. Maybe they call, maybe you just feel like you're a nobody. You're humble. You're humiliated. Scorned even. What does Paul have to say about that? When you see Jesus, what do you find out? That you are the recipient of a great inheritance. All of it predestined, laid out by God's plan, and to His glory, which you are sharing. You have obtained an inheritance in Christ. Maybe you might feel about all of these things or other things, uncertain, unsure of where you stand. What has He given us when you came to faith? Well, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And in Him, when you also believed, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own possession. Any uncertainty you may have had before or felt is gone. You see Jesus in faith, and that means that the Holy Spirit has been impressed upon you in your heart, on your soul, over your life, you know that you belong to God. You have been claimed to His glory. And finally, do you feel perhaps unappreciated when Paul speaks to the Ephesians it is as if he's speaking to us, telling us that your faith, your love for others, the things that you do because you belong to Christ, they've been noticed. They are appreciated. They are valued, which means that you too are valued because of who you are in Christ, because of what you do because you are in Christ. See Jesus and remember that. In the final verses of our text, Paul gives us a glimpse into his prayer life. He shares with the Ephesian Christians what he says to the Lord about them. He gives thanks for them, and he prays for them. He keeps on praying for them. And his prayer for them is my prayer for you and and your prayer for yourself. It is a plea to God for better vision. No, for perfect vision. The prayer to know our Lord Jesus Christ fully with the Spirit giving the wisdom and revelation, understanding, deep faith and strength that that involves. And when we see Jesus in faith, His light comes into our lives. The light of understanding, of hope, of joy, of the glory of God. This is one of the themes of Epiphany, both the festival that we are observing today and and the entire season. The Magi saw the light of the star that brought them to see Jesus. Isaiah spoke of the coming of the light and the glory that dawns upon the world, upon all nations, with the coming of the Savior of all sinners. And of course, Jesus Himself is the light of the world. And He told us in the Sermon on the Mount that we who believe in Him, reflecting that out are also the light of the world. In the dead of winter, on a gray and overcast day, or in the depths of night, light is especially precious to us. But this light, the light of Christ, is precious to us all year round. And when you see and know Christ fully, as we pray to, you have everything you need for a new year and for new life, for eternal life, for our glorious inheritance among the saints. That is what God wants for you. It's what He gives you in Christ. That's what you want. So see Him. See Jesus. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.